Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. One, two, three, do it. Case on a deep drop, steps up in the pocket. He'll fire to the right side, caught by Diggs. Stay up. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. 30. No way. Touchdown. Are you kidding me? It's a Minneapolis All right, welcome back in for another edition of the Scolders Podcast, post-holiday podcast. I'm your host, Ed Brown. Marco with me, as always, is my cohort, partner in crime, Mike Anderson. How are you doing tonight, Mike? I'm doing well. You have a good holidays there, Mikey? I did. I did. Good. Good to hear. Yes. We're back home now, back home away from the crazy families that we that we both share. Everyone's got a couple, you know. Oh, yeah. Everyone's got a couple. But... We get to talk today about the Vikings handling their business, taking care of Detroit. Before we do that, though, Mike, it's our standard to run the league look. A couple points here I wanted to touch on here. Um, Seattle beating Kansas City. Yeah. What are we thinking? Uh, I mean, like I said, Russell Wilson, MVP candidate, if they make the playoffs, and they have now They've clinched, the playoffs. clinched the playoffs. And I heard this week, finally, people start talking about him and how he should probably be a part of that MVP race. So... Uh, he's really put the team on his back. Defense has played better than expected, I think, this year. And then um, we've seen Kansas City really have some issues on the defensive side of the ball. Um, and it's, it's ultimately cost them. I mean, Mahomes is still doing his thing. Uh, but but yeah, they, when, when the defense is that bad, I think yeah. they're like 31st or something in the NFL. I mean, when they're, if they're going to get into shootouts, um, it's going to be very difficult for them to advance, I think. Uh, especially if they need to go on the road at all sure. for you know any length of time in the playoffs. So, which we'll touch on this in a little bit, I think. But uh, they aren't actually locked to win that division right now. Right. So it, it, it's very possible that uh, Chargers could steal that division, and they're sitting at the five seed, having to play on the road for all yeah. their right. games going forward. So, um, yeah, that was a little bit of a surprise to me. I was kind of. Uh, Pinging in Kansas City to to win, I think you also did in our our predictions, um, but yeah, just a little bit surprising that Kansas City, they they felt like they were handled the entire game. Right. No, I it it's not that shocking. Uh, Seattle, like I've said every year, I think anytime you got Russell Wilson on the field, they're a very dangerous team, and they proved that now. They they've won a couple of big football games here down the stretch. Uh, obviously, losing to the Forty ers the week prior. Um, was a little weird, but 49ers right. have been playing some better football, which uh, Vikings fans will hope continues this week. Um, well, actually, no, we, 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 we hope, they, hope they don't. That one we hope doesn't, yeah. Yeah. But. We'll get into that a little bit more. Um, also, New Orleans quenches the number one seed, so likely we're going to see some Teddy B um, playing for them. Thoughts on there? No. I mean, not shocked, I think. Consistently, they've been the best team in the NFC this year. So, uh, 
they'll be well rested going into what three weeks from now. <laughs> yep, and it'll be fun to see uh, a Teddy B getting in there, getting some starting action there. Yeah, it, kind of showing what he's uh, what he's been working on. Obviously, you're not expecting a ton because they're probably going to be sitting Camara, Michael Thomas, all the all the big names. Um, but yeah, it's going to be fun to just see him get in there and see see some live action for a change. No doubt about that. Um, Nick Foles. Nick freaking Foles, man. Thoughts? I don't understand <coughs> it. Uh, but certainly Eagles players are with him. Uh, they just got two huge wins back-to-back, uh, beating Houston, and I believe the week before they beat the Rams, correct? Correct, yeah. Um, now, both games were pretty close, kind of coming down to the wire for the most part. Uh, they needed a field goal as time expired this week to get there. Um so, but but at the end of the day, they got it done. Unfortunately for Vikings fans everywhere, we almost had a, a great little Sunday. Um, yeah, had, had the Eagles birth. lost, we would have clinched. Yeah, had they missed that kick. So, uh, no, Foles is doing the thing. They seem rejuvenated behind him, and they're definitely a little bit of a different offensive team. Ertz had a huge game, but Alshon Jeffrey gets a little bit more involved when he's when Foles is at the helm, and they're right there. Uh, and. I mean, I gotta so, imagine they're gonna win this week. So, so basically, what you're saying is they should trade um, Carson Wentz and extend Nick Foles. I don't know about that, but I think Foles is probably gonna get paid this off season. Yeah, I, I you know, I wouldn't doubt that. I wouldn't doubt that at all. Um, so, last point here for around the week: New England clinches its tenth straight division title, and I believe its ninth straight first round bye with uh, a win versus uh, the Jets or Houston loss to Jacksonville. Now, I know New England has, has been great, but to be fair, they've probably played in about the weakest damn division in the NFL Yeah. in that time span. So can can the Jets, Miami, and Buffalo please get their crap together? I'm tired of seeing these guys win in this damn division every year. Yeah, I mean, you've had, what, Miami has made the playoffs a couple times. You had a ways back when uh, the Sanchez led the Jets to a couple of uh, AFC championships and well, the Bills were a playoff team last year, I guess. But um, they made it to the playoffs, right? Well, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you there. Um, I, <coughs> I think as long as Brady is continuing to play at at a high level, which uh, even if you think he regressed a little bit this year, they're still a good football team, and and I think still better than most teams. Yeah, I think they're going to be considered a, a very dangerous team, and. Uh, no one's going to be surprised if they end up in another Super Bowl. Yeah, this gets old after a while. Anyway, rolling into playoff update before we get into the Detroit recap. Yep. Um, AFC side of things, the Rams, I believe, are in with a win. They're also in with a Pittsburgh loss. The Ra- only way Ravens, to... right? Yeah. I said, the, did I say the Rams? Yeah. Yes, the Ravens. Uh, the Steelers. The only way they get in is with a win, plus a Baltimore loss, or a win and a uh, Colts Titans tie. So they're in life support, Mike. They are. Uh, I, I believe there was a certain podcaster that in our in our preview show for the season mentioned that the Steelers weren't going to make the playoffs. You did. Uh, I mean, you're still you still got a little work to do on that. I but really don't, but it's, it's they need everything to go their way. I wouldn't say everything. They need to win a game, and they need Baltimore to lose to what has been a very good Browns team as of late. Um, I mean, I, I don't, I don't consider that a lot. That's two games that need to go their way. I think it's a very uphill climb. Yeah, we'll see. But we'll um, find out. I, I mean, I just know 
Ravens got a little bit of, you know, Lamar Jackson. This will be a good test for him, I think. Sure. And uh, like we said, the Browns right now are, are playing at a high level. They're they're one of those teams that are playing with a lot of confidence, playing for next year. And you've got coaches there and players there that are really playing for jobs next year, more so than I think you do on most other teams. So I, I don't know that the Ravens are going to blow out. I mean, that's already kind of that that hard-nosed type of football game as is. So I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think I'm going to end up picking the Ravens, but it, I really want I'm, I want to watch that game um, as much as I can here this weekend and, and take a look. And, I mean, the Steelers, hey, if they don't make it, it's a great call by you. Uh, I do think if they do get in, they just have so much weaponry on the – offensive side of the ball that there's still a team I would not want to face and especially with all that experience I mean look they almost beat New Orleans this last week they were what a half yard away on that uh fake punt but they didn't they didn't they didn't um (laughs) and lastly any Indy Tennessee um Tennessee being a team that consistently just stays in every football game they've been really established in the run lately with Derrick Henry Mm -hmm. it sounds like Mariota is not going to be able to go in that game um, so that I think is an intriguing element, and I'm not sure. I mean, that's a that's gonna be a fun game too. I'm I'm leaning towards Indy right now. I'm gonna lean towards a little right. bit of the higher, uh, high flying offense. But that's, yeah, that one's a winner go home. Winner winner gets in the playoffs. Winner goes home. And I believe that was that one is the Sunday night game. I believe that's the flexed uh, eight o'clock or what seven twenty game yeah. or whatever it is. No, there is a situation where I believe neither of those make it. I think if they tie. The Ravens win, the Steelers win, and that tie happens. I think the Ravens and the Steelers make it in. Right. Yeah, I think that, I think you're probably right. I on believe that. that's how that works. So, one of those teams probably going to win. Ties are, are still pretty rare, even given uh, the recent adjustment to ten minutes. Well, and especially you got to realize in that scenario, you're going to get to a point where a team is going to have to take a chance. Chance. Um, so, say there is a minute thirty left, and you're on your own 30 and it's fourth and 10 you know you have to go for it well if you don't get it you know you're going to put you're going to put the other team right right in field goal range type of so i would agree it's going to be really rare for that game to end in a tie but we've obviously seen it um a little bit more this year than in previous years with with uh that rule change going 10 minutes so right Uh, absolutely um the nfc side of things there's only two other teams that have, or two teams that have a shot at the final playoff the spot. We mentioned Seattle's got the lock. Minnesota is currently swatted as six seed, but the Eagles have a chance to get in. Minnesota winning it, simple as possible. Yep. If you lose, you need a Philadelphia loss. Um, Washington's been playing still decent football, for whatever reason. I don't know why, but they're, they're still putting up points and still making games cool. So that Philadelphia could still lose that one. Still possible. Um, but Minnesota right now opens as six and a half point favorites against Chicago. Betting on anything, it's bet down to like negative five at this point. I I think I saw it at a point and a half. No, is it is it all the way down to yeah. that low? I think I saw it that low. <coughs> they must be betting that down yeah. quite a bit, which but. makes sense because they still have Chicago right now has a lot to play for in a first right. round bye. So, right. um, yeah, no Vikings. It's it's pretty simple winning in uh, and probably lose and out I would say the way Philadelphia is playing right now I would agree there's a chance in the NFL there's always a chance we saw Buffalo come in and dismantle the Vikings but but right now uh, it's, it's kind of a winner go home situation for the Vikings yeah I mean they just beat you know Philly just beat the Rams and the Texans two pretty good football teams so 
Uh, oh, we're both at home. True, but I don't know. Washington's got a lot of stuff going on. They just cut one of their better defensive backs after he uh, voiced a little frustration the way the defense was being called, and they're on to their, what you said, fourth, fourth or fifth quarterback. I think there's just a lot of not great things going on there. So um, This is a whole other podcast, but Washington, you know, Ruben Foster, domestic violence, that's okay. You know, all these other things, that's okay. Having, you know, racially charged name, okay. But no, you question our coaching staff, you're gone. Right, yeah. I I still think they're a, that Washington should just be contracted, basically, right now. Basically, you, you <laughs> yeah. no longer have a team? No, just mo- get a new team somewhere else. Yeah, I'd be on board. Just ship them over to St. Louis. Yeah, there you go. St. Louis skins, I don't know. Bring, bring, uh, bring Jeff Fisher back. St. St. Louis arches. There you go. Jeff Fisher, 7-9 all day long. Um, anyway, getting into the Detroit recap. Vikings taking care of business 27-9, to I believe. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, fun stat I, I found out. We have not allowed a quarterback to throw for more than one touchdown since week five. It's insane, Mike. No, I, I mean, I've been telling you guys for weeks that the <coughs> defense has been playing unreal lately, especially in the second half. I mean, oh, no, it's real. I mean, they put they put up double zeros again in the the third and fourth. Detroit did. Um, the defense is just playing at another level right now. And if we would have seen a little bit more of this early on, I think they they probably have the top ranked defense. Uh, I believe they just jumped in front of the Bears for overall to three Bears or four. Um, so in my opinion, this probably is right now the best defense. The way it's playing right now, the best defense in the NFL. And I think that they're aware of that, and that's why it's it's exciting if, if they can get in. We know that this defense can can keep games close, and yep. with the weapons that we have in Diggs, Thielen, Rudolph, who we'll get to here momentarily, and, and certainly a recharged Dalvin Cook, who was really underutilized the first three quarters of the season, um, you've, you've got a possibility. You've got a recipe to be in every football game, and... As we know, the records go away when you, when you get into the playoffs. Everyone's zero and zero, so it's yep. it's it's a brand new season. Yep. Um, so you mentioned a little bit about the defense. We gave up some chunk plays, but again, we didn't surrender a TD the entire game. Um, just dominated from the start. It just felt like a just stifling defense. Yeah, we let them get a couple first downs here and there, but overall, they were getting nothing going. Um, but the Vikings also had a pretty damn slow start. Some calls I didn't understand. Like for instance. A QB sneak on your own one yard line. What are we doing? You know it, what? What is? What are you trying to accomplish right, with that play? I've seen that called before um, by myself in Madden, typically to get some room so I can punt. Uh, no, <laughs> well, uh, on a first no, note. I, I, I got where you're coming from. Um, I don't know. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that. They must have really liked the, the ability to push with the interior there and thought. That they could get two or three, and Wait, that was the best okay, way to okay, do it. Okay, how in the hell do you have that confidence in that? I don't know, that but that's the only way that that really makes that oh, call no. make sense. So. <laughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> then the next play, the next play, you run hanging up the middle. Well, they're clearly that they thought they had something up the middle, and they're just trying to get broke broken through to get a little room to work. Just it didn't make any damn sense to me. Yeah, I mean it was frustrating. Definitely, um, I believe uh, three three and outs. Uh, three of the first four were three and outs. And I think the fourth one wasn't too much more than that. So, 
Uh, definitely frustrating. Was, I don't know. I don't know why it is either. It's just. It was just such stark contrast from Miami game. You go down three for three. Your first three drives, yeah. four touchdowns, and this one, it's just like you couldn't get anything going. I, I don't know what's going on, but you, we cannot have that yeah, well, and going the, forward. The, the thing is, is that when they get going, for the most part, it seems like they don't really slow back down at that point. You know, it's 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 usually a penalty at that point, or a drop pass, or a turnover that slows them down. It's not the inability to move the chains through your play calling. It's right. it's just like I don't know. It's almost like they need to get into the game flow and just get it going. But then you look at Miami. Um, and they ended up starting out hot. And now they did have a little bit of a lull there, but that was mostly – we had a lot of penalties and things like that, and, and we'll get to that again. We had, a, I think, 11 more penalties this game. Um, that's got to stop. But, yeah, yep. I, I don't know. You know, we talked a little bit before the show, and I, there's nothing that jumps out to me on how to get over this slow start thing. I just uh, – we'll Get a little bit better at scripting the plays and just better at execution, I guess. Yeah. I'm not sure. Um, it's, I don't think it's anything fancy at this point. I don't know if it's take a little bit more chance. Uh, obviously, that's a little risky, but... Um, I don't hate it because you just throw it out there and you have a defense that's stifling enough. Yeah, I mean... that and just, you know, let you know, it rip. Come on out and run a play action and maybe try to get a 30-yard pass right, right off the gate and really just inject that life into the offense. I'm not sure. Um, certainly, we're going to be able to... Uh, have that tested again this week against uh, what will be a very good Bears defense, at least for the start of the game. Right. Um, yeah, one thing I did I did find, it was oh, I was holding my breath in this one, the Hail Rudy. Yeah. Wow. You know, say what you will about Hail Mary passes, I don't I don't feel like we would have called that in years, in years past. I don't feel like we would have ran that play in years past at the end of a half like that. We just haven't seen anything like that, right? And I love that play. Yeah, just chuck it. Don't I, don't, don't try to get a little dink for for some you know field goal. Just fucking chuck it. Right. Well, and it, it was. Goal. I, I lo- Rudy looked like he was I don't know seven feet six on that play. Uh, just jumped up and was way over towering over everyone else, which was kind of cool. Which is um, hilarious because it's like how many Detroit guys are sitting right there in front of him? Oh yeah, no. I mean, <laughs> but he's a I mean he's a big guy. Um, no, I mean, that's a little bit, you know, on the flip side, it was a bit concerning because if we don't get that, um, I think that made it that made it 14-9. Is that accurate? I think so, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, you know, if you don't get that, all of a sudden you're going into half, you know, down two on the road to a Lions team where you've had trouble in the past, especially with Zimmer. Um, but I think at that point, that was really a rejuvenator. That got him going at locker room. Everyone was jacked up, and we came out and put up another 13 points. Um Granted, 10 of it was in the, the fourth quarter. So still probably a little bit closer of a game than we would have liked. Um, but that defense really did go into lockdown mode yep. um, in the second half, which we've seen <coughs> consistently uh, since, I believe, the Rams game for the most part. You know, no yep. one's really been able to put up points. Now, the offense has given even, points even away. Even before that, you look, at, you look at, for instance, Buffalo game. I think we gave up like three points in the whole second half. I don't, I don't even know if we gave up any. Maybe we even I did. Think it, well, then you, know, you might be right. Yeah, I, think I don't was, think we gave up anything. Right. So they've been there this whole year. This whole year, they've just been yeah. consistent throughout the game. Yeah. Uh, recently. No. Um. I don't know. Really cool though. The Hail Mary. Uh, that was kind of fun to watch. It's been yeah. a while since we had a play like that. So. Yeah, I know it was a it was a fun time sitting there watching with the watching with the moms, just chilling with the kids playing in the corner, and all of a sudden we're just like, yeah. 
Nice. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, but yeah, so what allowed that, clean pocket for Kirk, more or less. But the fourth straight game where he's been held, kept pretty clean overall. Um, so I don't know how this continues if, we, if we're going up against Akeem Hicks and uh, um, Khalil Mack back-to-back weeks here. Um, but no, it was, it was good to see that. Yeah, and I think the addition, the health of, of Morgan and uh, more sets with tight ends and, and C.J. Ham getting more involved, um, and also you know a little bit of the play action and, and getting Kirk on the move a little bit, I think those things have really helped. Um, Keeping a bit more honest. Yeah, he was sacked, uh, I think, maybe three times last game. But definitely he's 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 got a little bit more confidence. Um, sure. You know, there was a couple times this year where it's like he felt it and just went down, and I think he was terrified to turn the ball over at that point. Uh, he had a, a pretty high turnover number, you know, a few weeks back. And now he's kind of uh, pumped the brakes in that a little bit, knock on wood. But, um, yeah, pocket definitely um, a little bit cleaner. Again, you're going to see some pretty uh, stifling matchups here coming into Week 17 and, and certainly the playoffs. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll, let's hope we can try to – and we know we're not going to keep it perfect, but – Anything we can do to just kind of... Keep, keep it a little bit cleaner. Yep, Give yep. him a little bit more time. Give him an extra half second. Which I think is, is very good to see see these this group getting some confidence going into some of these games where they're going to need that. Yeah, and I, I think a couple sacks, too, uh, that I remember from this game did come on third down where they were bringing the blitz. You know, they were bringing a fair amount of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, as we know, when you do that, it can be very effective. <laughs> yeah. Especially if Mike Zimmer is the one calling it. So, yep. yeah. Um, so, I think that's the last, last major note I have there, but a couple of player notes here. Um, so, Mac Alexander, just been turning it on as of late. I think the last three, four games he's had uh, just just some incredible games. He's breaking up passes left and right. He's just very sound at tackling. Not really what we've seen the last couple of years from Mac. No, uh, came out of nowhere, turned into one of my favorite players to watch right now on a weekly basis. Uh, making some really great plays. He's in the right spot. He's in the right position. And uh, almost had a beautiful interception in the end zone this week. Yep. Um, I thought it was borderline offensive interference, actually, that prevented it. from. Probably should have been. but. Um, so, yeah, uh, I think we've really got something there. It seems like it's just clicked. And uh, this this is awesome if he can keep playing that way and we can get Rhodes uh, to hopefully stay healthy. Um, I think he could be a, a great tandem uh, guy in, in a great, you know, positional corner here for right. the very, very long future. Hey, I look at this as kind of like a uh, uh, Captain Moneywin when he came in his first year here. Didn't really do that well. Second year, got a lot more comfortable with it. Uh, started playing a lot better. I think we're finally starting to see that click over to Max side. Um, or I don't, I don't even know if the snap counts a curse, but I don't think he's been out there nearly at all recently in the last couple of weeks. Uh, playing that kind of money backer role, um, taking Mac off the field. So good to see there. Um, Holton Hill coming in in relief on Rhodes in a couple plays. Um, we didn't even have to draft this kid, man, and he's he's been lights out, I, I think, all year. Whenever he's been called on, he's he's performed well. He stepped in, and you haven't even noticed that you didn't have Rhodes there, which is extremely encouraging. Um, so for me, honestly, with Hughes coming in here being able to play that slot roll as good as he did, and the regular corner, and he'll come in and they're doing the same. I think we might see a surprise cut or two on the Vikings secondary to cut slash straight target. I wouldn't even throw off possibly Rhodes 
being traded somewhere and getting us in a bevy of picks. Wow. I'm just saying, it's a possibility. Now, I know that there's someone out there that are like, well, you don't trade away the highest value position. You don't trade... But, okay, understand me here. And this is a point I try to always make. The Vikings coaching staff has clearly got a knack for developing defensive back talent. We've seen them take low draft round picks, undrafted free agents. Just any kind of free agent that comes through here seems to end up excelling in the system. Might take a couple years. Might might be instantaneous like Hill and Hughes. But when you have that situation, in my mind, you leverage that. Like, I don't care if that position group is one of the most valued in, in the league and you want to retain those guys. Leverage that coaching ability and give away some of that and let those younger guys be your starters and get other picks to fill in the spots where you need to take more shots at right? because you, you miss more often. I, I think to me... You know, I agree there's going to be some unique cuts. You know, I think certainly Sandejo, I think Rudy is a possibility. Um, but as much as we've loved these young guys and as well as they have played, we have seen where there's been issues when Cheryl's is, is forced to play. You know, and sure. it hasn't happened a lot this year, but we've had times when guys are banged up, and it's really a problem when we get past that, that level of depth that we have, you know, the luxury of having right now. Um, and I just, I, with how often those guys tend to get banged up, uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I get where you're coming from. And, I just don't, I don't see Rhodes as ever being that guy in this, you know. And I understand the point from the injury perspective, but look at who we have rostered right now and look at who we have in our contract for next year. You have Harrison Smith. You have Andrew Sandejo. You have... Anthony Harris, you have J. Ron Kurtz. Technically a safety, he's been playing some slot cornerback. Then you have Xavier Rhodes. You have Trey Waynes. You have Mac Alexander. Okay? Then you have Holton Hill, and you have Mike Hughes. All right. You have nine guys there. Yeah. That all can play. And you have one guy that can play almost anywhere in, in J. Ron Kurtz. You have Mike Hughes, who can play in the slot if he needs to. So if you need to slide that in. You have Holton Hill, who's been arguably better, if not arguably, like, objectively better than Rhodes has been. So, in my mind, yeah, I understand the depth portion of it, but you're only firing out five of those guys at one time anyway. Right. But I, I understand the injury portion, but just, like, just bring in a second, third round pick again. I mean, I get it. It just also, so I think we're going to agree that this window is still going to be there next year and, and probably, um, I guess I don't even want to go the year after that, but... I think next year you still got uh, Wayne's under contract. You've still got a lot of these guys where I think this team, at least how we're looking at it now, is going to be competitive next year and be yep. of Super Bowl caliber. So to me, I don't see a move like that happening, especially with Wayne's having a couple concussions this year. That's a dangerous situation there. Um, you know, one or two more of those, and who knows? Um, you know, he. We've seen guys walk away uh, very young from this game because of those sorts of things. You don't know how soon and how well Mike Hughes is going to come back from that uh, knee injury. Now, it seems like guys are coming back faster and better than ever. Um, look at Dalvin. You know, he looks unreal this year. But you do have situations where guys take a little bit more time. Mm-hmm. Um, and while he did look good for a rookie, I think there were still times where Mike Hughes wasn't in the right spots throughout this throughout his short rookie season. Um, I know he looked good with the pick six to uh, seal the game. I don't remember who that was against early on. Yeah. Um, But, I I mean, again, I get where you're coming from. I just don't think I see a move like that happening next year 
Um, maybe after that, uh, when you really start to see for sure what you've got in some of these players. But um, I don't know. Short term, I'm not seeing that specific position group having that cut. Which is fair. I just think just be on the lookout for a kind of surprise I got because I could see it happen. Yeah. Like I said, I think I think you're going to see like a Rudolph or someone along those lines where to a general to the general fan base it's going to be like, "Whoa, what are we doing here?" you know? Right, right. Um so, yeah, well, I, I don't know. That's a different podcast hopefully for mid-February or later. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um so, you mentioned a little bit Rudolph had a big day. Yeah. Um so we we've talked about this pretty much all season. Um the third and fourth guys, the tight end and the treadwells of the world if this team goes anywhere, they need to start stepping it up and they need to start getting these catches to open up the digs in Theon. Because we've seen in the last three, four games, Theon has been pretty much neutralized. He's been taken off the table, so all these targets got to go somewhere. And if you got a big athletic tight end like Kyle Rudolph, let's get him involved. So we saw that. Um, thoughts on, on Rudolph? Yeah, I think, you know, the last two weeks we've seen tight ends become a little bit. Uh, bigger piece, not only in running the ball, but also being a part of the pass game. Um, whether it be this week, uh, Kyle Rudolph, Conklin had a good good game last week. Um, and I think it has opened up the bigger plays. So uh, Thielen's still a 5 for 80 on six targets this week. He had a 40-yard catch. Um, still there when we say, oh, he had an off week with 5 for 80. I mean, that's, that's a good thing. Like, um, it was there. Robinson was missed on a deep pass um, this game. So I think what's happening here... We're establishing the run. You're, you're starting to get Cousins moving a little bit more. He's going to uh, some of these, these you know, second, third reads in Rudolph, and it's opening up the big plays, which we're getting a lot more of, it seems like, the last two weeks. So mm-hmm. I think it's – I mean, I feel like we've been preaching this for the whole year. Why aren't we doing these things? And I think now we're doing them. And now, now we're finally starting to get that together. Yeah. All right, so last, last point I have here, Mike, talking about Kevin Stefanski Part 2. Yep. The, uh, the SLT edition, if you will, because it's Detroit and, you know, Ford Motor Company. What do you feel about him part two? I mean, so far, so good to me, right? I think running the ball. Slow start doesn't concern you at all? I mean, the slow starts do, but we had slow starts <laughs> under Filippo as well. We had slow starts that lasted the entire games under him. So um, I think running the ball has been extremely effective, Uh you know, we're running the ball more than ever. I, we were looking back, uh, looking ahead for next week, and uh, as we'll touch on, we only ran the ball like 13 or 14 times against Chicago the first time we played them. And we're just, you can't do that. You can you shouldn't, almost no football team should ever do that. Yeah. So um, I guess, yeah, I, I kind of thought we would regress a little bit this last week. And I, I mean, overall, when I look at the stats at the end of the day, yeah, they probably did a little bit, especially when you consider that Rudolph's touchdown came on that long play, uh, whatever else. Dalvin didn't have as big a game as he did. But I think that the first week was really um, – he kind of had to come up with what they're going to do short period of time, and it might have been a little bit just more compact with what they were going to do against Miami. And then I think now it's like, okay, he, he had another week to kind of get things going. Um and so I, th- I thought maybe we'd see a little bit of a regression this week. Sure. Uh, and now I'm really excited to see what we do uh, this this coming week to really give them that two, three weeks on the job and kind of get into a groove, what's been working, talk to the players. Um, it, I guess it wasn't a surprise to me that this week was a little bit slower than the week before. Um, but overall, I think, look, it, we're averaging 34 points a game with him right now. 
Dalvin's averaging over 100 a game with him, and the Vikings are 2-0. So when you look bigger picture, those are things that we wanted to have happen. Um, I think we're seeing a little bit more big play calling, which is great. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm happy. I think it was definitely the right move, and I feel like I can confidently say I think we would be talking about uh, the offseason right now if they had not made that move. Sure, because we would have lost the last yeah. couple. I, I tend to agree with you. I think he's definitely been an injection. And you know, we talked about the last podcast about uh, him having an ear to the players the last yeah. few years here and uh, really understanding more so their gripes about what they want, what they don't want, what's working, what doesn't work. And I, I think I think you kind of hit it there. Is first game in, he's kind of just just stretching a little bit, stretching a bit more against Detroit, and hopefully we can see that next step against uh, Chicago coming in here. Um, and start out a little bit fast. Don't don't put the brakes on and let's 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 throw fifty against Chicago. Why not? And I, I mean, getting that. Hopefully we win every coin toss. I guess <laughs> because getting that defense out. Even though we 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 tend to see that defense bend a lot on that first drive mm-hmm. or two, and we end up down. You know, there's three points on the board. Whatever. We against some of the good teams, it's been seven zero. Uh, but then they really really seem to change and adapt from that point on. And so I think hopefully the Vikings can can get a little luck here going forward with the coin toss. Uh, let that defense get out, kind of get the ball rolling, get everything going. Or actually sometimes unluck, because a lot of times they'll defer. Yeah. Oh, the other team? No, we'll defer. So if right. we win the toss, we'll defer till the second half. Right. That, so yeah, you're, yeah. You're, you're saying we want to have the ball first. I want us to be on defense to start. Oh, okay. I thought you had that back. Okay, no. So I, I think if we can get our defense on the field to start and then have our offense come out to start the second half, that's where I think we're at our best. Oh, okay, okay. I'm with you now. I thought, yeah. you, I thought you had that backwards. No. Okay. So, um, but yeah, I mean, overall, I think it's the right move. It's going to be a big week to see how we do against a very good very good team, very good defense uh, that will be playing as hard as they can right out the gate. You know. Right. So, um Unless he makes a decision like McVeigh did last year, uh, where they decide they're going to rest players, you know, just to get them healthy. But I think with a buy on the line, I just I don't see how that's a, I don't see how you make that decision. I well, guess. it all depends on how how likely they think that the Rams are going to lose. Is right. You know, if the 49ers weren't playing this well, I, I think you'd, you'd be a lot more inclined just to sit your guys regardless. Right. But I think like like we talked about off show. Um, they're going to be scoreboard watching, so if the Rams are ahead by 20 going into the second half, we could easily see them pull the guys. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see for, for certain. Um, I, I don't think, no matter what they do, I, I think getting in here and just making a quality win, making a statement, even if it's against some of the backups, is still going to do wonders for the confidence of this team, having to travel then to uh, Soldier Field to play the Bears again next week. So. Yep. Any last thoughts here, Mike, on the Bears? Well, I mean, on the Bears, I got a lot of thoughts. On Detroit, I'm yeah. sorry. Uh, no, nothing really. I think um, we went on the road and got a win. We won by double digits. Yes, it was a little bit unique on how you do it, but at the end of the day, wins a win. They came out with a big W, and I think they took a step forward. Um, Detroit has still yet to score a touchdown on us this year. Yeah, I'm. I'm I'm excited. This is a big week. I think everyone's excited. This is our playoff game. Uh, so be ready. We're purple basically every day. It's still here in front of us, guys. Last week, 
take care of business. Then next week is the last week. Then the week after that's the last week. Yep. It's all right in front of us here. They so. know what they're doing. They get a coach and they get the experience. So Let's take care of business and uh, yeah, just for anyone that's that still thinks that Zimmer's job is still somehow in the hot seat, it's like no, he's he's on about the frozen throne right now. Right? <laughs> that that thing's ice cold. Ain't going anywhere. Um, but anyway, yeah. Next week, we're a couple days here. We'll have Chicago preview. Be a fun show. Go a little bit in depth on, on what what the differences might be now versus five six weeks ago. I forget how long ago we played them, but um, definitely some changes in coaching staffs and and players that are healthy and utilize utilize different. So we'll get into that soon. Yeah. So look out for that. Scoldiers.com, climbinthepocket.com. I'm at Namak Seven. Musky underscore Mike. Come check us out, man. We're there for for all you listening and uh, viewing pleasure for some of the climbing the pocket stuff. So hope you have a continued great holiday season. We'll talk to you soon. Skull likes. Hello, I'm Neil Patel, the editor in chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial Series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of, like, afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts.